Well, you know, Sharon, it's it's been about a year now, and uh, I know you and your family are going to form a walk to honor your, your granddaughter, Emma Kate. And why don't you tell us a little bit more about the organization that, that helped get through some of this for you guys? Yeah, thanks, Jeremy. It's called Halos of the St. Croix Valley, and it is an organization that helps families struggling with the loss of a child from miscarriage all the way up to 20 years of age. And this walkathon is to raise money for this organization. It's a 501c3, and the only way that they survive is on donations. And this is the largest fundraiser that they have every year. So we're going to put a link in the show notes. A lot of our listeners donated to this last year whenever we walked in memory of Emma Kay. And I'd appreciate it if you would donate again if you find it within your heart to do so this organization is fantastic they came in they took care of everything and when you lose a child you don't know what to do and you're just frozen and they came in and took care of everything and the other thing about this organization most of the volunteers that they have are all people who have suffered from child loss yeah so We'll put the link in the show notes, and if anybody would like to donate, we would certainly appreciate it. We have a goal, of course, and we were the number one raising walk team last year and would like to do that again. So I appreciate you mentioning it, Jeremy. Absolutely. Today's episode of Beyond the Mask is presented by the insurance specialists at BrightThink Wealth Strategies. Find the disability insurance coverage that fits you best right now. Email Robert Smith at rsmithjr at financialguide.com. The show is also made possible by the team at CRNA Financial Planning. Get a free consultation today to be guided through the complexities of investing and financial planning. Just visit crnafinancialplanning.com. We'd also like to thank Helping Hands and OSA EMR for their support of the show. And don't forget, listening to our podcast can earn you Class B credits. For more information on how you can submit them, check out the CE Credit tab on our website, beyondthemaskpodcast.com. Welcome to Beyond the Mask, innovation and opportunities for CRNAs with Jeremy Stanley and Sharon Pierce. We know you spend your day caring for your patient's best interests. On our show, we want to care for you. Join us as we leave the operating room and learn the latest in the CRNA industry. Beyond the Mask starts in 10, 9, 8, 7. Welcome to Beyond the Mask. I'm Jeremy Stanley, and I've been working with CRNAs for over 23 years, and I'm married to one. And my co-host is... Sharon Pierce. Sharon's a practicing CRNA for over 20 years, a past president of the ANA, the NCANA, and she's held many other leadership roles. As usual, our goal with every episode is to educate and enlighten CRNAs, and I think our topic today is definitely going to do that. And Sharon, what time is it? It's time to wake up, Jeremy. I think it is. Well, Sharon, how are you today? I'm doing good. Yeah, how are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm so glad to have you back from from Europe. You've been gone way too long. 
No. I'm just saying. Way well, too long. Well, it's like whenever you do your house swapping thing and you're yeah. gone for a month. But I didn't yeah. talk to you almost every day the you, you way didn't. you, you didn't. usually talk to me. Yeah, I think I only talked gone. to you twice while you were gone. You didn't. Did you talk to me? Twice. Did I talk to you? <laughs> wow. How much wine did you drink while you were over there? Um, well, I ate and drank my way through Italy. And yeah. I'm in withdrawal. No gelato today. Didn't you bring me gelato? I know. I, I saw you by the Trevi Fountain and all that. And there was this great little gel- gelato spot that I always went to right there, right outside of the fountain. And I'm thinking about that as I saw you. And then oh you were in Positano. Gosh. I was like... My gosh, I was right there where you were at. I mean, I was kind of living vicariously yeah. through you every morning, and I never do this, but every single morning, I promise you, when I got up, I got on Facebook to see what you were doing that day. Did you? I did, really? and I'd look at your pictures, and I just, I don't do that. I never do that. No, but, so it was kind of cool. Well, yeah, it was fun. Yeah, I'm still on Italian time right now, though. <laughs> I think I need an espresso. Well, you're doing good. Though. Uh. You're doing good. <laughs> well, we have an amazing, wonderful show lined mm. up today, and this is kind of your your brainchild, and you put this together. So I'm going to let you introduce our guest real quick because I'm excited about this one. Oh, I know you are. I think we've got. She's got a connection with both of us. She does, yes. So, um, her name is Rebecca Love. That's a great name. Did uh, Did you marry the love? <laughs> I didn't know. I kept my name. I guess there's a porn star with the same name, but so it's not me. Now, I was not, not going to say that, but I. It, it was so funny, Rebecca. We were talking about it a little while ago. You know, we need to get your cell phone number, and I thought I don't know if I can put her name in my phone uh, um, exactly like that. You know. <laughs> That's really good. I didn't want to say it because I don't know her that well, but now that she brought it out, I was just You might as well just go down this path. Well, this is how I found Uh, Rebecca. Do you you like to be called Rebecca or Becky? I do. Yeah, thank you. Rebecca, I've always, I love TED Talks anyway. And so I was looking through TED Talks and I found her TED Talk and she was the first nurse to do a TED Talk. And I thought, wow. Well, I'm just going to email her. <laughs> yeah, I've never known you to be shy. So, uh, you know, well, I mean, if I could have found a phone number, you know, I would have <laughs> called her. But so I just emailed her and she actually responded. Wow, that's awesome. <laughs> so, uh, Rebecca, I guess I'll just go ahead and let, why don't you tell our audience a little bit about yourself? All right, well, Sharon and Jeremy, it's just such a pleasure to be here with you. And I, you know, just like you, Sharon, I'm a nurse by training. I was a nurse practitioner and my career largely started because my mom encouraged me to go to nursing school and, because she said there wasn't enough strong nurses in the world uh, mm-hmm. to lead things through. And I don't know about you, but I, I know you and I have had so many just brief moments here having conversations, but this feeling that nurses' voices are undervalued and unheard was always with me as I sort of struggled through navigating nursing. And so I started a company uh, called HireNurses.com with my mom's nursing retirement in 2013, exited that um, largely because of success that I had in coming across what was referred to as a hackathon from a friend of mine who was a, as a failing nursing entrepreneur because nobody teaches us anything about business as nurses. And I know, right. Jeremy, you can yeah. speak to that very well. <laughs> um, I went to this hackathon and over the course of the week, 
weekend, I learned more about the business of healthcare in a weekend that it started to inspire me to study the environment. And I had the fortuitous moment of connecting with Dr. Nancy Hanrahan, who at the time had just left Penn, who allowed me to host the first nurse hackathon that then led to a movement around nurse innovation, spunning that out into a now international nonprofit called Sanziel. My company was acquired, not at the rate of what we would hope uh, a company acquisition (laughs) looks like. Um, And uh, ever since my career has just sort of taken over running a nonprofit. And then I, I, I've been fortuitous enough to now um, end or be in my career as the chief clinical officer for an organization called IntelliCare, where I oversee and hoping to transform the way that nurses work. But it's sort of uh, been an interesting journey of, you know, failing and faking it and <laughs> trying to keep driving nursing forward um, and then trying to find that group of nurses who just see the future of nursing differently, that we can do so much more than what we've done historically to impact the outcome of healthcare. Well, you know, I'm, I'm listening to you talk and, 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 you know, you're, you're talking about failures and, you know, getting bought out and all that stuff. I mean, you are a true entrepreneur. I mean, you just described everything I know about an entrepreneur. I mean, that is who you are. I mean, you're, you're a nurse, but obviously you have that fire in your belly for entrepreneurship as well. You know, Jeremy, it's so funny you say that because I think that what we realize, and and Sharon, you can probably attest to this as well, is that nurses, I think, are the most natural innovators and entrepreneurs out there because when they go out to solve something, um, they're trying to fix something that saves patients' lives or they're trying to make the environment better in which they work on. And I don't think they realize that when they're MacGyvering or manipulating or changing these systems that don't work for us, that they're doing something innovative that could have financial difference in their lives or change the future of healthcare delivery. Um, So the nurses that I've met that have taken that leap and that jump to start their own companies, develop their own products, um, it's always come from this inner belief that they were making the world better. It wasn't about the money. It wasn't about um, the power. It was about really alleviating suffering and changing things for their patients in a way that nobody else had seen because it took that nursing idea or recognition, that empathy and, and strength to recognize a problem that could be solved differently that to others would have gone unnoticed but had scale and reach that would have impacted millions of lives. I mean, I'm just going to answer that for just a minute because you know what I find with a lot of nurses especially our CRNAs is that and this is this is very different than your regular personality but when it comes to this stuff and the business side of it you don't have a lot of confidence in it and in yourself and that's that's very interesting to me because in every other aspect of life Nurses are very strong people. You're very confident in what you do. You take charge. You control people. I mean, it's, but when it comes to this stuff, and it, you know, maybe it's a societal thing. Maybe it's because you've never been trained in business. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about it. Did you get it in elementary school, high school, middle school? College? Well, they don't even it, teach you how to balance your checkbook. Right. And you didn't get it in college <laughs> because you spent all your time either in, in nursing books and clinical. I've got an older daughter who's going to nursing school right now. And she tells me all the time, hey, dad, I'm always studying, you know, all my, my business major friends are out partying, you know, but she's studying. Right. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, I don't know where that stems from, but that's a very great yeah. point. So. Yeah. 
what one thing that I heard you talk about were, was nurses being such innovators. And I don't know if you know Bethany Hall Long. She is the first nurse in the country to serve as a lieutenant governor. She's lieutenant governor in Delaware. She will be running for governor in the next couple of years. So um, when, I'm going to speak it now, we're claiming it when she wins, she will be the first nurse in the country to serve as a governor. But I did a leadership internship with her whenever I was going to school at Yale. And she said one thing that I absolutely love, but it's something that you just said, but we don't recognize it as such. She said, when nurses come to a wall, they either go under it, over it, or around it. So you just put it in different terms you said nurses are true innovators Mm -hmm. so they have always been innovators they just didn't name themselves as innovators you are so right and and, and it's really upsetting because you know when we started this movement back in 2016 everybody thought it was a fad and to your point jeremy nobody ever taught us anything about business in nursing school and in fact Money was considered a bad thing. Making money is considered a bad thing for nurses, right? Let's be honest. Nurses are rolled into room rates. We're on a capitated payment model. We are hidden as a cost center to healthcare systems in traditional models. It's dated back since the 1930s when Medicare was established, right? So nurses have always been told, you do this work because you love it, because you're inspired to do it, because you're a caregiver. And it's I hate to even say this, but it's women's work, right? Like that's part of the role. 95% of this profession is still women, right? There (laughs) is this... This belief that, hey, you know what? You don't want to know anything about money. Like you do this because you're a good person and you shouldn't have any value when it comes to money. And when you start thinking about money, suddenly you're on the dark side of healthcare, (laughs) right? And that is fundamentally, I'm just saying it, that is just wrong. That is absolutely, it is the business of healthcare. And as long as we keep nurses out of understanding healthcare and business and finance and strategy and operations, our profession will always be limited from actually driving the change we feel so powerful about. So when you're talking to all these CRNAs and nurse anesthetists and nurses, nurse practitioners that are starting their own businesses, they're fearful because they've been told that in a sense, it's almost evil to do so when in fact, what they're really solving could change the future of healthcare and healthcare delivery for millions of people. And we need more of them doing this kind of work. We need them to believe in themselves and to get over that fear that making money is somehow a bad thing. Because actually in this country, especially this country, <laughs> making a money is actually a sign of something that is a success. Right. Um, yeah, and I mean, if you look at GDP, 20% of GDP is in healthcare. There's a lot of money in healthcare. You know, I say this all the time. You want to know what's going on with the fight between the anesthesiologists and the CRNAs or the NPs and the MDs, you know, follow the money trail. I mean, it's always about money. That's the bottom line. But you're right, and, and you hit the nail on the head. I mean, society has always painted women and therefore nurses that and were caretakers. women. As yes, as you know what angels, what are you worried about money for, honey? Let me just we'll take care of that for you. We'll take care of that. The patriarchy is alive and well in healthcare. Let's just well, it is, but it's changing, it's changing quickly and dramatically. Thank you for that. So, now let's talk a little bit about you. You started or you were the director of the nurse innovation and entrepreneurship. Talk to us about that. 
So, and this comes back to uh, after going to this hackathon at a at a hospital back in 2015, I and I my light bulbs going off like, oh my gosh, nurses have so many incredible ideas that if they were given a safe space to actually innovate or entrepreneur, we we could do transformational work. I went to and finally can I knew there had to be this thing called a nurse hackathon, which is those three days events you pose problems, form teams, come up with solutions. I knew there had to be more of those to help empower nurses and. I started calling universities around the country. Hundreds of times the phone was hung up on me until I connected with Nancy, uh, who had taken over the deanship at Northeastern. And I told her about this idea. And she said, you know, next summer, Rebecca, we're going to run a conference on innovation and entrepreneurship. Why don't you run a hackathon? And as you guys know, I said, well, I've been to a hackathon. Sure, I'll run a hackathon. And at that time, like many of us as nurses, I had three babies under, you know, four at home. I had a struggling business. I was working full time as a nurse, a hospice nurse practitioner at the time and teaching at a community college and trying to get a startup off the ground. And we approached that event. And as I said, in 2015, you look at the studies, nobody mentioned nurse innovation and entrepreneurship in the same sentence, mm. maybe a couple of them in the same article. So this really, we had no idea if anybody would attend. But suddenly, as we hit June 2016, the event was sold out. Every hospital in Boston was sending a cohort of nurses. Microsoft, J&J wow. were flying people in to say, what is this? What is this about nurses being innovators? Like, what, what does that look like? And she called me two weeks before that event. And she said, Rebecca, you know, I, I can't introduce nurses to innovation and entrepreneurship and then give them this great event. And then there's nowhere for them to go next. I want you to come on and, and build this program. And I remember saying to her, well, Nancy, what program are we going to model after? Like, what are you doing? And she's like, well, there is none. Well, build the plane as we fly it. And I love this and she, woman. <laughs> <laughs> she she sounds Dr. Awesome. Henry Young, we all have those people in our life who bet on us for a moment of time. And she yeah. was one of those in my life, right? Who gave me an opportunity to prove that we could build. Not only did we build a program that did not exist from nothing, we built it to be one of the most highly ranked SEO topics of its time around nursing. It uh, attracted the attention of Johnson & Johnson to pivot their 20-year their campaign of thanking nurses to recognizing nurse innovation wow. as the future of the profession. Um, it led to us showing up at South by Southwest. It led me to being giving a TED Talk, um, which is just mind-boggling in the moment you have no idea and I think this is what's so powerful about you in the moment you have no idea how what you think is a small or possibly struggle of a moment is actually going to make a difference in the history of a profession or in the face of your profession and I think um we built that first program and it has led to transformational change of education and other nurses feeling like they're not by themselves anymore in this world, that there might be a place for them and that it's strengthening that profession to believe in themselves because they were not welcomed. It's to your point earlier, Jeremy, you know, the, uh, you know, you want to follow money. And nurses who came out forward with many ideas prior to this initiative had no way of knowing where to go, how to start and do these things. And now they can find a community to, to do this and support them. Have you thought about what would happen if you weren't able to work for two or three years? You know, on average, 25% of people will file a disability claim, and most of us aren't prepared for that loss of income. Every CRNA needs to protect their biggest asset, yourself and your ability to earn with a disability insurance policy. We recommend contacting Robert Smith, a master disability insurance specialist with more than 30 years of experience and 1,800 CRNA clients to find the coverage that fits you best. The best way to do that is to send him an email 
at rsmithjr at financialguide.com. That's rsmithjr at financialguide.com. Or call them at 504-394-6557. Tell us a little bit about the, the curriculum and, and how does it work, Rebecca, in, in, in this entrepreneurship um, Hackathon. Academy, hackathon, <laughs> whatever we want to call it. You know, I actually had never heard of a hackathon until you mentioned that a minute ago. So, um, all right, all right. So, here's a good one. We spun that in the, the program out of Northeast into a national nonprofit called SOMCL. Okay. Um, and uh, J&J and Microsoft are actually our biggest supporters because we run three day events of hackathons, um, which are people, all the nurses show up, they come with a problem they want to solve. Nobody ever asks nurses, what is the real problem, right? Like, think about how many times, Sharon, a new device mm-hmm. was rolled out that was supposed to create less work for us as a nurse and it and- created more work where it harmed more patients, like, right? So um, we put these events together and they identify a problem, form a team, and they're on stage three times that weekend, pitching their idea, learning the business once. Okay, this is great that this is a problem, but is it the real problem? How do you solve that? How are you going to make money? What are going to be your OKRs or KPIs? How are you going to measure what success looks like? Who's your competitors in this space? And why does the problem really need to be solved? So these are, you can find on Sanseal, you can come to any of the events that we do with those. Um, We do meetups to talk about these ideas. But then there's now just an explosion of other communities working and supporting nurses um, that we're seeing our first nurses ex- accepted into accelerators and think tanks that were largely nurses never applied or, or qualified right. for. Um, and so the world is just sort of changing. But to your point, there still isn't a really strong academic focus in any of our institutions about supporting nurses on how to build or run businesses. Now, Sanseal, we did just partner and held our second seminar with Drexel School of Entrepreneurship, the only program that would partner with a nonprofit in nursing. And we launched an innovation and entrepreneurship certificate, which is a fantastic weekend of a combined, you know, a school of entrepreneurship alongside a nonprofit of nursing leaders who have been there, done that and teach half of that curriculum alongside entrepreneurial experts. So you keep saying Sancio, that's the Society of Nurse Scientists, Innovators, Entrepreneurs and Leaders. Now, yes. do you give us some brass tacks about that? Do you have a website? We um, do. Yes. It's just go to sansiel.org. Um, we have monthly meetups that we do virtually. Um, it's a $100 membership. I think it's $25 for students. And uh, it's not a large membership. I think we have up to 500 active members, but it's everybody from like the chief nursing officer of Microsoft is a member, the chief nursing officer of Humana. Like these are roles. I don't think people knew that there was even chief nursing officers at these organizations, yeah. the chief nursing officer of Vocera, who now is the chief nursing officer at Stryker. I mean, then like the head of innovation at Mass General Hospital, uh, the chief nursing officer from uh, Cleveland Clinic, all our members, the CEO of Partners in Health, who is also a nurse, Sheila Davis. All of them are members, um, and we really try. And then also, though, a lot of bedside nurses who feel like they you know how you walk and talk and you're supposed to be a duck. Many nurses feel like, you know, they walk and they talk, but they just don't feel like they're part of the the duck tribe. Um, But that are nurses, they sort of find themselves here. Wow. That's, that's, that's a lot. (laughs) (laughs) I know you've got a question to ask, Jeremy. We're like both of us jumping over the computers here. No, I mean, I I just find this so interesting because it's, it's something that is, is very much needed out there in the nursing community. And Sharon, I'm so glad you found Rebecca and Rebecca talk a little bit about too. I mean, you know, being the first nurse to do a Ted talk. I mean, what was that like? I mean, you're walking out on stage, you know, I mean, had you ever done anything like that before? Oh gosh, no. Um, 
I, I had done a talk for J&J at NASNA, I think a year or so before, which was as much as I've ever gotten up to to pre-prepare a, a, a thing that you had to actually memorize. Uh, TED Talks, just to let you guys know, um, take about a year of preparation to do. You meet, they have volunteers who meet with you and you rewrite your talks and you memorize it. And I remember my daughter at that time, I think it was 10 or 10 at the time. And um, I would go into her bedroom every night and I would read to it to her. And I remember three days before the event, I found out who all the other speakers were, like the inventor of the microengine out of MIT, and you know the head of the, the you know the head of state coming in from the Netherlands, the the president of the wife, uh, the wife of the president coming in and speaking. And I'm thinking, and I looked at her, and I'm like, I'm not supposed to do this. Like I am not supposed to be on this stage. I don't know who's crazy to who is this imposter speak on this stuff. <laughs> the the nurse in you came yeah, out. The imposter syndrome. Yes. That's right. Yeah, this feeling like I this wasn't where. I supposed to be and I remember her looking at me and saying no mommy I I really like what you have to say oh, and wow. um I showed up there to your point with these brilliant people in there and I've I've never I've shown up on stage and if you guys have ever been in that situation where every drop of moisture in your mouth has disappeared yes. and yes. you can't hardly <laughs> peel your tongue off the top of your mouth right like yes. you can't pull it off and you're sitting in front of these audience with these bright lights who are used to hearing brilliance brilliance and I have to tell you, Sharon, I don't know if you get this. I never felt brilliant as a nurse, right? Like I never felt those moments of like people thought that I was smart or really intelligent. Everything that I was supposed to do, I had to run by somebody else. And in this yes. moment, this imposter syndrome, this feeling, I remember thinking to myself, I just have to get through it. I just have to breathe and get through it. And I remember the, I started talking and the audience at one moment started to laugh and I was so caught off guard that they thought something that I was saying was funny because I had wanted it to be funny. But in that moment, you're sort of living outside of your body <laughs> yes. trying to remember the next sentence. And I thought at that moment, OK, it's coming together and I can finish this. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't remember much else besides that at the end of the event, the gentleman who gave me the opportunity, his name's John Warner. It was Beacon Street TEDx. He now runs Boston Street TEDx. He's a big investor, wonderful guy. I remember that this, the, the talk ended and there was a pause and then there was a moment of eruption of, of applause. And I remember looking out across the audience and he was standing three rows back, looking back at the audience and then looking at me and applauding and called me a week later. And he said, Rebecca, the vote was unanimous. We're putting your TEDx talk up to be nominated to go on the TED stage. And that was a life transforming moment. Wow. Surreal. I, to your point. Yeah. You feel like an imposter and mm -hmm. you're not deserving. And then you get up there and you're sure that you're going to be the worst presenter up there. Right. You're just yes. sure of it. Yes. And when that happens, um, I just remember thinking, I just hope that there's a million more nurses that get on 10 and um, and I, we're working on it. We're working on it. Um, it's it's just we just nobody teaches us how to talk or deliver or make a point um, in a really effective way. And that's what Ted does teach you. Beyond the Mask is made possible by the team at CRNA Financial Planning. With almost two decades of experience, the firm guides CRNAs through the complexities of investing and financial planning. Schedule a free consultation today by calling 855-304-3748 or go online to crnafinancialplanning.com. Well, it always interests me that nurses think that they're not enough. I always say, mm. you know, we're, I'm a CRNA, and CRNAs are some of the 
smartest people that I know. Absolutely. But, you know, again, going back to your point that we've got to empower nurses to let them know that they are enough and to give value to what they do and what nurses do every day, what nurse anesthetists do every day is nothing short of amazing. Um, amazing. I, I remember meeting Roxana McMurray, who's a nurse anesthetist who came up with a new oral airway mm-hmm. um, and just her brilliance in describing the problem solution fit and the struggle she's had trying to get her product to market, which is just oh. a $7 product, but it's brilliant. Just for, I'll have to connect you guys with her. But that yeah, is she's so amazing. funny. I just got an email this morning because <laughs> um, it won some national award and we were, ju- we were just we were just laughing about it because I, I saw it and I go, we have all rick this up in our lifetime because she's used a nasal trumpet and used it in the tracheal tube and we rig them up all the time and you know i used to work for a uh, or work with a plastic surgeon for 20 years a very well-known plastic surgeon and he and i designed an airway and i had it 3d printed and we used it for years did it ever cross my mind to do something with it we just used it for our own ends because we said oh you know we we never intubated our facelifts because it moved their face around and so we needed some way to maintain their airway and back then 3d printing was hard to do i found an engineer who could do it now i've got a 3d printer in my house my son's got one but (laughs) can 3d print anything i want to now but you just don't think that somebody else wants what what you've got, I yeah. guess. Yeah. So true. So true. I mean, it, and it goes back to that imposter syndrome. I'm not good enough. You know, I shouldn't be here. I mean, and, and to be honest, I mean, you know, I heard you say something a minute ago, Rebecca. You said, I'm all, I've always had to make decisions based on asking someone else. You know, and that's the nurse model, the nurse doctor model. But, you know, I've got a question too. I mean, because this all sounds, you know, wonderful and good good um but rebecca i know there had to be challenges for you mm, in, in doing question. what you're doing and and getting to where you've gotten and and i'm sure there are, are going to be our listeners out there that are going to go, wow you know she's just great she's just amazing she just does everything well and everything went right for her mm. um so let's can we just spend a couple minutes talking about some of the challenges that you faced i mean you know we already know that um you know when you did your ted talk you threw up before you went on and you, you know you got up there and you did great but anyway uh but yeah i mean what were some of those challenges that you faced in your career to get you to where you are now and being alert a nurse leader oh my gosh oh yeah i wish to say that the path was not paved with tears and blood sweat and uh, horrific setbacks and feeling like every time i had a phone call hung up on me i i'll never i mean when i started my first company um both my husband and my dad, who my dad is an attorney, my, as I mentioned, my, my husband's a financial person. Um, there was not support to start higher nurses um, from them. Right, right. Financially, I remember my dad looking at me and saying, if this was such a great idea, why why didn't somebody else come up with this? Ooh, and it, yeah, right. Yeah. Right. So somebody that you love and respect. Yeah. And he was tough on me. Right. Because he knew that I was probably being so nice. About it. But that conversation, my mom and I got up out of the table and we started walking along the highway home. And she said to me, she said, you know what, I'm going to give you my nursing retirement to start higher nurses. And 
Um, that's really hard. I, I, for I, anybody who's in, who has a loved one or their mom and realizes that the one thing that they've made in their life is their retirement after off of what they did as nurses um, was a big deal. It was a lot of responsibility. Um, we went months fighting at times and not talking to each other. Um, uh, the relationships, the marriage, everything, there was challenges starting a company. Mm-hmm. I never figured out how to yep. make money. I'll be very honest. I don't know how we exited higher nurses because I was really good about the idea. I was really bad. Nobody had taught me about money at that time. Yeah. Um, so that was a back. Um, right before uh, going to this hackathon uh, with Northeastern, I was a community college professor. I loved my job. And I remember walking down the hallway and I was volunteering and I was talking about this event and telling my students about it. And a professor walked up to me and she said, you know, Rebecca, I don't know why you're volunteering at that university. You're never going to get a job there. Like you don't have a PhD. Like you understand, like, why are you wasting your time? And I remember like thinking, oh, I, it, it wasn't about, I, I'm not looking for a job there. I just want nurses to experience innovation. And um, I remember getting called in to my leadership office and being threatened with my job uh, for having risked volunteering at this other organization. I remember sitting there being sat down by my dean saying, we're understanding you're volunteering your time. You have a full-time job here. That's a conflict of interest. And I had to go up and defend my job. I had no idea another job was coming down the pipeline at Northeastern at that time, um, which helped me transition. And then when we went to Northeastern and this movement had such great success, you would think this would breed more success and things. And I remember Nance, uh, Dr. Henry Hands, um, there were some tough things with her career that led her to being transitioning off um, from her role and having to make a decision to stay or to go. And there's there every I, what I have to tell you is as soon as you get comfortable or you think you're going to get comfortable, it's almost like this yin and yang. And uh, something's going to happen to either push you to keep going. And I say this to nurses all the time. I sit there and say, when things get really tough or really bad or you're in a tough situation, it's whatever spirit, if you believe in God, believe in the universe, whatever, it's to me telling you that it doesn't want you to stay and that you have bigger things ahead of you. And I'll have to be honest, the only reason I got to where I am is because there has been moments that everything seems to be going to heck in a handbasket around me. And it was my sign that I was supposed to go and take it to the next level and, and keep pursuing that passion inside of me. Um, and I think what, if I have any advice to anybody is I've always tried to stay very true to this vision that I have for nursing, which is we can be so much more as a profession and a rising boat raises all tides. And if we can amplify and support each other and build each other up, there's plenty of success out there. And I want as much success for as many nurses as possible because it's going to help the entire profession. And I've stayed to that. And I've kept saying, when people tell me something's impossible, I'm just like, I think we can do this. And I just visualize it and we just keep going. But it is, it has been a path paved by standing on the moments and feeling like, Everything was about to, everything was about to, you were going to lose everything. You were going to lose your finances. You were going to lose your marriage. You were going to lose your relationship with your mother. You were losing your job. That's how it's been every step of the way um, at those moments. I don't know if that's way for everybody else, but that's how it feels like if you're really going to do it. um, It's not about staying comfortable. It's about risking it, unfortunately. Wow. I think Jeremy you're preaching to the choir right um, now. I mean, I almost have chill bumps listening to you. I mean, it's just... um, you know, and, and if you've ever been a business owner, you've been there. Mm-hmm. And, um, and and even people that, that haven't been a business owner. I mean, I've been a business owner now for 20-some years. And, you know, you're exactly right. When you get comfortable, life kicks you right in the teeth. 
Mm-hmm. Right in the gut. I mean, yes. and then all of a sudden the wheels come off and you're thinking, oh my gosh, what is going on? And it's all around you. You got your finger in this dike and this over here. You got your toe going, you know, you're, and, and then all of a sudden you just put one foot in front of the other mm-hmm. and you just keep going and you keep going and you keep going. And then you wake up and you're like, wow, I've moved from where I was to where I should be. Right. And that's what you're describing. And I think that's what, Sharon, I know you've experienced that. Oh, yes. And, um, you know, so that was just, that was very good for me. I just want you to know. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. I had I had um, goosebumps, too. Because, yeah. and Jeremy and I were looking at each other across our computers right yeah. now because, uh, you know, you, you have relationships that expire that you think will not expire. And uh, then you find out that, Things happen for a reason. Absolutely. Uh, but in the moment, boy, it's hard to slug through the mud, isn't it? It is. Oh, it is. It's just interesting. And I think that's where nurses that get into this, they're used to life and death situations. They're, they're used to crossing the threshold and standing between whatever that spirit is on the other side, fighting to keep this patient alive in matter of chaos. I and mean, we do it really well. And then when we, but we never take ownership that it was us that saw it through. And so I think that's if we can take that power and we can bring it back to where nursing actually started, which is we had our own independent practices. We formed our own client list. We delivered care the way we wanted to. We built and were self-sustaining. In fact, it was the nursing movement that largely supported and made the women's suffrage movement possible, leading the women's right to vote. And in the 1920s, it was nursing that was like the largest economic development support for women in this country. And then we can talk about what happened in the 1930s when hospitals started to adopt nursing and rolled them into room rates to keep keep them away from the money and stop the competition and taking sort of some of that power away from our profession um, with, you know, I even have documents showing, hey, we're keeping nurses as far away from the money as possible to sort of devalue them in this entire placement. We've had a hundred years of being taught that we, we can't do it. But if you look back at the first hundred years of nursing, we did it every single day. We made healthcare possible. Hospitals were failing in the 1920s in this country. They were for the most deplorable, despicable places. When they started to bring nurses into hospitals, that's when healthcare changed. That's when hospitals became financial models that worked to create healthcare as the central place in hospitals. It has always been the nurse that has delivered healthcare and transformed human health in this country in a way that's made it sustainable, accessible, but more importantly, moving in the positive direction to remember that patient first. And I think that's the power of nurses becoming entrepreneurs. And that's the power of why every single system today should be doing everything they can to cultivate nurse-led innovation, because they're going to make billions off of it if they help support it, as opposed to trying to keep it down. And also, let's be honest, the profession is at risk, right? We have one in oh. three bedside nurses planning to leave the profession. And by 2025, 75% of that workforce gone. The average age of a nurse in this country is over the age of 50, 70% of that workforce over the age of 40. And uh, over 50% of our new grads leaving the profession in its entirety in less than one year of practice. The largest demographic ever to leave nursing in, in this way. It's not sustainable. We need to create a new pathway forward for nurses so that they don't see the first day of their career looking like the you know Groundhog's Day 30 days years later. We need to invest in them and see these pathways, right? Like right. this is what's wrong. And, and this is why entrepreneurship and innovation change that. It changes 
nursing and creates it as an attractive uh, career path for that next generation. And, And we need that. We need that more now than ever before. I think you need another E in that. You talk about entrepreneurship and innovation, but I think you need an, another E, empowered, um, mm. because we we don't empower each other. First of all, interestingly enough, the, the name of my paper whenever I went back to school was empowering nurses in electoral politics because they don't see themselves as people who should be in public office, leadership, other all of these different areas but I think we don't empower each other enough and we could be exactly what you said we could be so much more you said it Sharon this is exactly the this is this is the MO that every nurse has to carry with them if we want to do something for our profession it's literally what you just said we need to empower each other inspire each other and champion each other forward um because we're the largest profession you know this five million of us like we to your point like i love this idea that nurses can take over electoral politics because if more nurses led in these roles not only would it help our healthcare system but let's honest it would heal our society um because yeah. the truth is is uh you know we can't all be youtube stars right we, we need the, <laughs> the we need the empathy of nurses in our society to remember that we care about people first as opposed to um anything else that's important that's what nurses are good at is they put other people first constantly yeah. constantly yeah well, and you know, Sharon, I've heard you say this millions of times, probably, if you're not at the table, you're on the menu. Mm-hmm. And that's really what this lends itself to. And Rebecca, you did such a great job because one of the questions that as a follow up, I was going to ask you is, you know, when you talk to nurses and you talk about entrepreneurship, I bet you there's a large majority of them that turn off because they're like, well, wait a minute, I, I can't do that. I don't, I don't want to do that. But when you put it in the context of the way you did, of the, really the why you need to be interested in this, mm-hmm. you know, you don't want to be doing the same thing. You know, fifty percent of new grads are out. You know, the, the age of nurses, and and same thing in our CRNA community. I mean, the average age is fifty one. Fifty percent are going to retire in the next ten years. We're barely going to replenish them before you know that happens. So, but but why should you be interested in this? And that that will let someone listen to you like you just said because as soon as you mention entrepreneurship innovation a lot of nurses are going to say that's not me it is and because we're taught two things in nursing really well never to harm patients and never to kill patients so we intrinsically think oh my gosh like i have to follow procedure i have to follow Mm -hmm. i have to do these things because that's what we were taught to do i think that so many of us in life as we get older we recognize that life loses its magic somehow, right? It loses the the shininess and life just feels very repetitive. And we're seeing so many people suffer from depression or struggling with their life. What I can tell you about innovation and entrepreneurship is it speaks back to your soul and your creativity. And it allows you to get out of that box that you're living in that is clouded by other people's decisions to define what success looks like for you or takes away and defines what should make you happy. When you go back to driving your own passion forward, when you go back to believing in yourself and betting on yourself that you can do something, there's no greater accomplishment in the world. We bet on so many other people all the time. We bet on all those things. But when when you actually step back and you bet on yourself and you allow yourself to be creative and you allow yourself to believe in the impossible or the changing or what could be possible, 
it does something to your soul. It does something to your belief as a person to find joy in a way that I think so many of us are missing. And I think that's also what's made America great is that we as a population don't ever just settle for the status quo. And the best in our world has always constantly challenged to get us to that new directive. And in nursing, we've stopped doing that. We've stopped telling nurses to keep striving for it. We live in the, the past a lot with it. But if you look at our country, that's opposite, right? Like who knew we needed Uber before it existed? Was it taxis good enough? Or, you know, who knew that you wanted, um, you know, indoor heating? Wasn't just having a, a fire enough, right? Like the truth is, is that we should be looking at nursing the same way. Mm. Our profession, our innovation, our creativity, all of this driving forward is just going to make the profession better. But more importantly, it's going to heal a part of ourselves that's perhaps has been locked off and kept us burning out at rates that we have to stop. And when you touch just for a moment, that innovation, you just let nurses for three days innovate at a hackathon. All I can tell you is I'll, I'll share some pictures with you guys at a later time. It is sheer joy. Hmm. It is sheer joy. And so many nurses write me after they attend these hackathons and they say, a hackathon changed my life. And the only reason it did is it because it removed all the barriers, all the regulations on why you couldn't do something. And for those three days, you felt like you could take on and change the world. And when you feel that moment of changing the world is possible, that changes you as a human being and it leads to the world becoming a better place. And that's what's most inspiring about it. So I don't know if that answered quite the question, but that's what it brings to the world for me. Wow. Well, you know, I mean, we could probably talk to you for the next three, four, maybe even six hours, yes. Rebecca. I mean, because you're talking our language, I think, mm -hmm. and you're very inspiring. And I see why you've been successful and I see why you're a leader. And, you know, the way you present yourself and your ideas and your passion and, and I mean, I see it. I see it. Agreed. And, uh, you know, Sharon, I, I don't know that we could end on anything better than what Rebecca just said. Um, I think that, again, we could carry on this conversation, but is there anything that you'd like to add or ask? Or I think she has said it all. I do too. I mean, you guys, it is such a pleasure to be here with you. Honestly, thank you. It's so, I just so refreshing to talk, uh, to have this conversation as open and honest as we've had. So thank you for having me. It's really been, um, <laughs> it's been really a lot of fun and also yeah. humbling at the same time. So thank you. Yeah, no, thank you. Thank you for being on the show with us today. I'm, I'm glad that we connected. I think as we all kind of felt, I think there's, there's a, a lot here and, you know, I think it was an, an amazing show. I'm, I'm going to say this is mm -hmm. probably going to be one of the, the best shows that, that we've done. So I agree. thank you for being on Rebecca. Yes. All right, Sharon. I think it's a wrap. I think so. Well, gosh. I mean, I'm just. <laughs> I know. You just can't even get on with our normal blur right get it here. I know. And, uh, I know. Yeah. Well, Jeremy and I have both had some events that you really spoke spoke to the to the both of us well, in I'm ways a, that you don't even know yeah no and it, it is funny I'm a, I'm a firm believer that you know if you believe in god as i do that he puts people in your life at a certain time and they speak to you and and rebecca you spoke to both sharon and i today so thank you for that as well Absolutely. so yeah so all right 
So we want to thank our listeners for listening to Beyond the Mass with Jeremy Stanley and Sharon Pierce. If you like our show and want to help us grow, Sharon, how can they help us grow? Well, the biggest way to help us grow is to leave us a review, but make it positive. As we all know, there's enough negativity in this world. Tell all your friends, share it on social media. You know, we're in the top 50 medical podcast in the country on our way to number... Number one. We're already number one in the CRNA community. And, uh, you know, we want to take over the number one spot for everybody that's it we're conquering but the now world. you know we've got to we got to digress for a minute we, we need to let rebecca's show be up there with us too so maybe Absolutely. we'll tie for number yeah. one how about that there you go all right okay until next time it's a wrap As a CRNA, you spend years preparing yourself for this career, so we don't want to see you lose out on any of the income you've worked so hard to earn. The best way to protect yourself and give you the confidence that a major life event won't disrupt your financial future is through disability insurance. We've known disability income specialist Robert Smith for many years and have seen the work he's done with nearly 2,000 CRNAs over multiple decades. He can help identify any gaps in your existing coverage and fill those gaps by finding the best value on a policy. Contact Robert and let him know you heard about him on our podcast. Send him an email at rsmithjr at financialguide.com. That's rsmithjr at financialguide.com. Or call him at 504-394-6557. Protect your greatest asset as a CRNA, yourself and your ability to earn a living by adding disability insurance to your financial plan. Today's show is brought to you by the folks at CRNA Financial Planning, an independent consulting firm that offers financial planning services exclusively to CRNAs and their families. From planning for a child's future college expenses to building a predictable income stream in retirement, the firm is committed to offering you comprehensive financial services, customized to fit your unique needs and objectives. If you have questions about your financial future, get them answered. Call the team at 855-304-3748. That's 855-304-3748. Or go online to crnafinancialplanning.com. Hi, this is Jackie Rolls, President of the International Federation of Nurse Anesthetists and President and Founder of Our Hearts, Your Hands, a global anesthesia support community that takes donations to allow nurse anesthetists in low and middle income countries to go to educational programs, buy equipment, or textbooks. Your donations are tax deductible, and we would appreciate your support. OSA EMR is a free anesthesia EMR developed by CRNAs that you can download and use on an iPad. Our nonprofit mission is to make sure that solo and small practice CRNAs can digitally record their anesthetics. To learn more, visit OSAEMR.com to download and consider donating to our cause. Remember, for CRNAs, data is destiny. 
Be sure to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere you like to listen to shows. Also, be sure to check out BeyondTheMaskPodcast.com. Each episode is posted there with a corresponding blog post, and we timestamp important parts of the episode to help you quickly get to the content you're looking for. Also, check out the special series section on the site. You can follow along and catch up on the CRNA History Series, episodes specifically about political conversations in the industry, or try the CRNA Personal Finance Series. It's all on beyondthemaskpodcast.com. And if you have a question for the show or want to be a guest or even suggest a particular topic, fill out the contact form on the site or send an email directly to us at info at beyondthemaskpodcast.com. And lastly, let's take the conversation social. Check out our Beyond the Mask podcast Facebook page and Facebook group.